on today's episode, The Benefits of Trail Running with Daniel Ferrugia. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, and smarter runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I am the guy to reach out to when you've finally decided enough is enough with your persistent running injuries. I'm a physiotherapist, the owner of the Breakthrough Running Clinic, and your podcast host. I'm excited to bring you today's lesson and to add to your ever-growing running knowledge. Let's work together to overcome your running injuries, getting you to that starting line and finishing strong. So let's take it away. I've wanted to have Daniel come on for some time now, ever since I was a guest on his podcast. And now is the perfect time. We talk about the benefits of trail running today for those who might be road runners and not haven't ventured into trail running just yet. But there's also some really cool tips for those who are seasoned trail runners and want to elevate their performance when it comes to trail running. Daniel has a long list of his own trail running experience himself as being a running coach and has a lot of experience competing and racing in trail runs and ultras. So it's backed up with his knowledge that he's gained through experiences, but also through coaching as well. We look at what to expect if you are going from becoming a road runner into the trail scene, uh, what benefits it has for your performance and some risks that might be associated with it. And then we have a good chat about a way you can implement trail running into your schedule, whether you are a novice trail runner or if you are experienced. It's a brilliant interview. Daniel's super passionate about trail running and is a wealth of knowledge. So let's bring him on now. Here is Daniel Ferrugia. Daniel, um, the host of the podcast, The Trail Runner's Experience. I've listened to the podcast uh, several episodes and really, really love your work. So I'm really excited to come on. I'll get you on and discuss about trail running. So thanks for coming on. Let's dive straight into um, how you fell into run coaching. Run coaching? Okay. Well, it basically came out of my love of being a runner and um, running my whole life and competing starting in like high school or primary school doing the school cross country, I think was the first time I remembered in really enjoying running and uh, did all right. I didn't win, but I remember thinking, wow, that was fun. And I liked the feeling I had afterwards. And then, you know, all through high school, I started to get quite competitive, joined an athletics club, really did a bit of athletics as well. And um, that was interesting because I was never a fast uh, I was never a good sprinter and still I'm not a good sprinter, but um, the, I, I worked under a coach, a sprint coach at the time because I was convinced that I was going to be a great sprinter. And uh, I learned a lot about technique back then. And then, um, so yeah, I did quite well at cross country in high school and basically trail running is just, I always say it's like cross country on steroids, essentially. Um, you know, the same, a lot of the same principles involved. And then we go to um, what I do. Went through my, you know, after finished school, went through uni and all that. Probably my twenties, where I did the least amount of running in my life, um, you know. But then essentially, when I got when I ran my first marathon when I was about thirty, that was so we're going on about ten years ago now. I I thought running a marathon sort of the ultimate. Once I get to that, I'm going to hang up the running shoes. I'm I'm far too old. To, to be running crazy distances, had an amazing experience. And then um, I just went on started doing ultras after that because it was so much fun. I did a 56K ultra. And then now, to be quite honest with you, I don't know how many ultras I've done. And it's probably more than, I don't know, somewhere in the vicinity of 20 to 30 or maybe 30 to 40. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so then I became... I just I just thoroughly enjoyed it, the whole experience, and started learning a lot. And then I thought all the things that I've learned from when I was uh, younger, and then I thought I'm gonna, I might do some courses here. And I uh, did it, my coaching accreditation through Athletics Australia, and and then I, I, I sort of there's a progression. I followed the progression for a bit, 
um, going up to level two advanced coach it. Um, and I, I'd like to go further with that as well. And then I did the, the, what really got me into actually starting my own business, which is distance runners unlimited is um, so I had an interesting sort of a difficult experience. I had an, a really bad accident when I, uh, about five years ago, oh, it's a long story. I'll keep it really short. I had a, I had a, a fainting episode. I've never fainted in my life. I fainted at home. I got up too quickly. I was laying down and got up and um, I experienced orthostatic hypertension. And I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Got dizzy, sort of blacked out, fell over, landed on my face and I broke my, my jaw really quite badly and ended up in hospital and had um, a series of operations and over, over several years to rebuild my jaw because it was um, it's quite bad. And at one point I had to have my jaw wide shut for, for 32 days and I was just living on a liquid diet. And it was during that time, this is several years ago, where I, because I was a school teacher at the time and I thought, well, I can't, I can't teach because my mouth is wide shut. And so I, I thought I've, I really want to start this coaching business full time, which I'd sort of been doing on the side. And um, so I built, uh, while I was sitting at home recovering, I built a website and I started up the business, got registered uh, distance, distance Runners Unlimited and started um, holding training sessions, um, looking at really focusing on the differences between trail running and, and road running and sort of trying to get people to really work on, you know, hill sprints. And I have these sessions on the trails here in Adelaide where I would get people to do um, lots of high intensity stuff on the trails and short sprinting, um, jumping and sort of getting into like the specifics, a lot of lateral motion and, you know, and just have gone from there and I've taken on, um, I now coach at, at present, I've got about 25 athletes under me from varying, varying abilities and who I, who, when I say under me, who I coach, who I have the privilege of coaching. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's, that's the story so far. Really cool. And so what, under what capacity are they, are you taking on the responsibilities of coach? How often are you staying in touch with them? And like, is it, face-to-face is it online what are we looking at there well i mean generally in normal times not like during this um, pandemic phase i would probably um see a see a client maybe once especially the ones that live within the adelaide area i can i might see them maybe once a month i'll speak to them every day or sorry every week um and but at the moment it's just all online and over the phone and um the way I do it is I use a coaching platform called uh, VDOT02 and it's, it, it was designed by the Run Smarter or the Run Smart Project, which is part of um, Jack Daniels, the famous running coach. He, it's sort of based on his coaching philosophy, which is aimed at road runners. And, and basically it's an incredibly good platform uh, for communication. So basically my, I do all my training plans on this. They, each client has a calendar. I can up. I just upload all the workouts, and they get they get uh, notified that they've got a workout, and it's this or that. And so I'm I'm in control of all their running essentially. And um, the the platform is really helpful for that. It, it's very. I can do very specific workouts based on their current ability, but it helps that I've got a really good understanding. I, th- I think that I've got a, a pretty good understanding of, of um, like heart rate training and basically a number of different approaches to coaching. I think it's the kind of platform that if a coach used and they didn't have any, any knowledge to hang it on, they would get confused. Do you know what I mean? Like it's um, yeah, totally. Yeah. So it, it helps to get, but it's a fantastic platform. Basically, I can tell people exactly how fast I want them to run. And even though I'm not really a, a huge fan of pace training, it is helpful for a lot of athletes because 
And, and I mean, more often than not, I tell people to run slower than they should because, uh, as we'll probably get into, I, I, people need to slow down. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Totally agree. I have um, dipped my toes into trail running here and there, and I've also done had some experience with just regular road running. And from my experience, it seems like the majority of the runners out there are the ones who stick to road or pavement or bitumen, whatever you want to call it. And I wanted to get this or use this podcast episode as an opportunity to um, just expose people to trail running and get to know more about it and see if they're interested in starting it um, because it is uh, like I have a huge passion for trail running, the little um, exposure that I've had to it. So what we might do is for those uh, who are recreational road runners and they haven't really been exposed to trail running yet, um, can you maybe just discuss like what to maybe expect if they start doing it or start signing up for some of these races in terms of like the varieties and the terrain, that sort of thing? Yeah. So I guess obviously... I mean, the definition, trail running, it's running on something that's not the road, essentially, or running or not on a pavement. Um, because, I mean, trail running, you encounter all different types of surfaces from, you know, sand to dirt to, to gravel, you know, um, mud. You, it's, there's like, you name it, you run on all of it. And I think trail runners get really, they take a sense of pride in the, in how difficult the terrain can be sometimes. And so there's that. But the other thing, and I know road runners, and I know I had this experience as well, coming from road and then you get on the trails is the hills are so much more, um, uh, or quite often, really, really steep, you know, compared to a road runner. And so um, you road race, sorry. And so, you know, you're running up these hills that are, you know, 20, 25% gradient or more, or trying to run up them. And uh, I know that there's a lot of um, road runners that will come in and they're married, they're married to the pace on their watch, you know? It's like, so they could, you get these runners that are coming in and they go, but I usually run a, a race like this. I'll be running at five minutes per kilometer, but I was doing 10 minute Ks up this hill. And I was like, that's because you're running up a mountain. And so <laughs> you're going to go. So it's, I think a big shock to a lot of road runners is um, that you've got to slow down on the, on the hills because you, it is just physically impossible to run up some of these hills and running yeah. down the, the amount of pressure and, and the loading that you get when you run downhill. So, you know, variety of terrain elevations and all that. So there's a lot. And also then you've got to, so really think about slowing down and also thinking about like how, how long you're going to be out there versus, because I mean, if someone says how long would it take you to run, 20 kilometers on the road and most road runners would have a really good window going no it's going to take me between this time and this time you know but the trail 20 kilometers on the trail who knows it's going to take you longer but it's really hard to know how long it's going to take because there's so many variables on the course yeah it's so true especially when you talk about like the average pace and people fixated on the numbers and things i remember when i first started and i started doing a couple of these races and keeping an eye on my pace and it just gets blown out of proportion i'm like oh okay um i then had to switch my mindset to okay everyone who's in this race is under the same circumstances as i uh, well they're going exactly. through the same hills they're going through the same thing so if you're walking everyone else is walking you're doing the same thing you just need to if you want to be better don't focus on your pace focus on um catching up to the next person or um yeah just recognize yeah. that everyone's going through exactly the same thing exactly yeah and so and that and you mentioned walking just then and you know there. There's, I know a lot of trail runners that really work on their walking. And it's something that if I know if I've got a runner who's going to be doing a race that's got lots of hills in it, we factor in walking, like hard walking, fast walking up hills on the flats, you know, learning how to walk with real purpose. Like they call it power hiking, but it's essentially just fast walking, you know. So if you can walk up a hill with a lower heart rate and, um, use that hill as a bit of a recovery you know uh you're and use something that you practice it's not going to be such a nightmare getting up that hill i mean but that requires lots of time spent going up and down hills and um which is something that 
you know, another thing trail runners spend a lot of time talking about and fixating on looking for the steepest, hardest, craziest hill. But my biggest thing that I say to all my trail runners, especially new ones, is to be a good trail runner, you need to be a jack of all trades. You need to be able to run fast on the flat, fast on the downs, or a little bit good at all of them. Um, pretty good across technical terrain. Having the right um, lower limb, like lower leg strength and flexibility to negotiate the more technical terrain. You know, you, you come across a rocky section and it doesn't even matter if it's on the flat and if it's a flat rocky section, probably could be the most frustrating thing in the world for a road runner when they first, because when you first come across it, you think, well, this section's flat. I should be able to run five minute Ks again. But if you're running rocky, you're doing so much lateral movement and you've got to stop. You've got to be careful. You don't twist your ankle. You know, there's, so it's getting used to that kind of running and, and um, sort of tuning in your eye to it. It's like the more you do it, the, the better you'll get. So, but running across technical terrain is, a, is really taxing because you're using all those stabilizer muscles a lot more. And so there's, um, yeah, there's a, a, so we, we spend a lot of time talking about lateral motion in running, like, you know, moving from left to right because you, you, you can't just run a straight line quite often. So it's hard. <laughs> yeah. So getting back to the question about what to expect in terms of varieties, you're looking at yes. some of those technical aspects of things and it could be quite rocky. Some of those rocks might be a bit loose and you have to yeah. calculate and you have to focus on foot placement. And that takes a lot, a lot of um, recognizing certain patterns and recognizing what the ground might be doing and whether you should push off really forcefully or whether you should, um, take a bit more of a lateral approach to some um, obstacles and yeah. just calculating those just to become more efficient. Correct. Yeah, no, that's exactly, it's a good summary of it. You definitely need to have a variety of skills at your repertoire and you'd be able to make those decisions quickly, you know? So you, and I mean, you look at the heart rate data for say a marathon runner and you know, their heart rate will get to a point and then it'll either say it'd be basically a horizontal line probably with a bit of drift going upwards. Um, but then you look at a, a trail runner and the heart rate's going to be all over the place because, you know, so it's really difficult to, you, you can't just have the same expectation, you know, that you're going to be running steady the whole time because it's impossible. You know, even if you're walking up a very steep hill, your heart rate could be right up there in your, in, in your zone five, essentially. And that could be just from walking. Yeah. So, yeah. And the so legs are burning uh, as well. I've recognized that. Yeah, absolutely. So, but also that's one of the, the pros um, of trail running is you getting, you, you can get the maximal amount of, um, you know, you're getting some good strength training and it can, it, it can come back to the road. You can use that on the road. You know, I've, you hear the old adage, um, hills, uh, speed work in disguise. It's very true. But the thing, the thing is, it's all about um, doing the right amount and doing it properly. And um, one of the things I do see uh, among other trail, like sort of new trail runners is they think, well, if, if, if doing this many hills is good, if I do more hills, it's going to be better. But I always sort of think, well, that's like if, if someone had, drinks one beer, that's great but if you drink 20 beers it doesn't mean it's going to be as great <laughs> you know or, or water you know you can't drink 20 glasses of water in a row either that'll probably kill you as well and i i, I feel like the, the same approach to hills all across your training you know you have to do a certain degree of moderation with everything but then that'll get us into specificity so yeah we're getting sort of a coaching principle yeah. How about like the, the distances of uh, these races? Because I, a lot of people associate trail running with ultra marathons and ultra races. Um, is the correlation that similar or can you also participate in trails that have a bit more of a shorter distance? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's absolutely, there's a lot of ultra trail races and they're getting longer and longer. There's hundred, like 50 kilometers. If we're talking just about ultras right now, so 50, hundred K, and everything in between, then you go up to maybe like a hundred miles. And then recently now there's like 200 mile races. Um, 
that are becoming a real thing in the States. And there's a couple coming to Australia, um, you know, but there's, there's definitely lots of sub ultra races, which is, um, so you've got like here in South Australia, there's an organization called trail running SA and they organize lots of sub ultra distances. Basically the longest one I think they have is about 35 kilometers and it goes down basically you know, with all the everything that you'd want in a trail, like hilly trails, mount quite mountainous, and uh, and difficult. But you know, thirty-five down. To, I think the shortest one is like eight kilometres. So basically, everything in between. They have they the trail running they say have an, a series of races that run through the winter, and um, autumn and winter and early spring. That are basically you know you go, um, you know to a series of locations and there's three or four distances at each location so it's a huge amount of participation and i know the the actual participation numbers are crazy i went to a race in a forest down south of um adelaide and there were more people at this trail race than there were in the adelaide marathon there was there was like 1600 people in this race you know it was um it was just insane on the trails and and because the trails are quite often very narrow. So they had had to have wave starts and everything. So it's getting into the realms of like of the, of the road races, you know, in terms of participation because it is enjoyable. And that's the thing. It's really nice to be out in amongst the trees, seeing the koalas and the kangaroos and whatever other animals you see snakes. Yeah. Something <laughs> so, about yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's really, um, it's great stress relief and i think one of the things that people like is there i mean there's a there's a camp of people that are married to the time on the watch you know the um the the splits but then there's also the people that come and they go oh i don't have to be fast it doesn't matter i can take as long as i like and i think one of the things why one of the reasons why we see a lot of these ultras like they are getting longer and longer is because of the varied the varied um terrain we're running fast then we're running slow then we're walking and then we're running fast again then we're walking again so there's there's lots of um opportunities for the body to recover on these longer races whereas if you did a a 200 mile race on the road that would be brutal but 200 mile race out on the trails where you have to walk you know there's lots of opportunities for the body to recover yeah and when we're talking about the varieties and uh, just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign up link is in the show notes. So fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. Looking at, I know a lot of runners, they somewhat don't enjoy running they're like the reluctant runners because they don't like the mundane like repetitive nature of it if you're out in a a trail and you're doing like hard turn left hard turn right uphill downhill like flat uh round trees one of the things i like when i'm trail running is hurtling over like branches and um tree stumps and things like that and it just like keeps the the mind entertained and the variety of it and all of a sudden you've done 5k's and you're just like wow i can't believe it went that fast yeah, it's playing. It's just, it's just playing and getting, I think, tapping into that sort of adventurous spirit that I think humans uh, miss quite a lot. Very true. Mm. Let's move on. So yeah. we, we yeah. the next question I was going to ask was around about what are the added benefits of trail running? Like if someone is a road runner and wants to get a better 10K time or a better half marathon time, mm. if the trails can add any benefit and we did discuss yeah. you did quickly mention the aspect of strength um anything yeah, else we need more. to add yeah absolutely that's it i think it's a really good question um because you know like there's like basically i i do have road runners um who i coach as well who are focusing just on road races and i would still recommend that they do some trail running uh, i mean specifically you could go early on if say you were doing a marathon in five months or something and you wanted to, you needed to build up your base first, your base mileage, which a lot of people would know about, you know, like getting that aerobic fitness up. It's a great way to start, get on the trails and just, you can just plod along and just, because 
those early aerobic base building times, you want to go slow, you know, really get that, um, you know, develop lots of the mitochondria by running, you know, sort of they call it zone two. So it might mean walking and um, up the hills and it gives the body, like I said before, lots of breaks. Um, so, you know, that early, in those first few months of training or the first, you know, just do lots of trail, run, hike, get getting your fitness. And then later on, I would still put it in. Um, you want to get, the closer we get to a race, say a marathon race on the road, you want to get more and more specific. We sort of get to the, well, I always think about it, it's the pointy end because we're getting more and more specific as the closer we get. So you might start putting in some, some hill sprints. Okay. That's obviously you're not, you know, find a nice steep little hill and doing some, some 30 to 60 second repeats up that hill. And you know, you're, when you're running fast up a steep hill, you you have to recruit more fast twitch muscle fibers and the strength. And so you, and then you've got like your, um, you have, you're forced to use better, upper body form as well and making engaging the core and all these things that are going to benefit you in a um in a marathon or in any kind of road race and so i mean definitely trails they have a definitely play a role in the road running um sort of for road runners i should say and you you also you know it's great a great mental break for road runners especially if someone who's logging loads of miles on the road you know I would say, okay, you've been running, someone's been running 90 kilometers a week or roundabout on the road. They're starting to get some real, everything's just a bit sore. I'll go, okay, once, a, once or twice a week, go out and just do a nice, easy trail run. You know, it doesn't always have to be hard. And I mean, in fact, it has to be quite opposite. You do lots of easy running. So yeah, there's, there's no, like, I do, I do loads of speed work on the hills practice running downhill, getting used to that downhill loading. But if you're running a marathon, it's like pancake flat. You're still going to get benefit if you do a bit of uphill and downhill running. You know, you're going to strengthen your, your when you run downhill, for example, you start having to stabilize that core so much, you know. And if you see, you see runners towards the end of a marathon and they're all wobbly because, you know, they've, they've totally glycogen depleted and they've hit the wall, you know, having a strong core, it's going to help you keep everything together, you know, and you look at some of the top runners in the world, even when they're tired and absolutely smashed, they can still hold their form together because all the time is because they're a complete athlete, you know, not just, you know, I'm talking from the head down to the toes. So yeah, that's definitely something. But the biggest thing is definitely building that aerobic base. It would be a great time to do it, you know. So I think any road runner who does um, want to get fitter for their for their road marathon or five or ten k, definitely think about getting on the trails for a mental break, physical break. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing you mentioned the physical and the mental side of it. And yeah. when it comes to like gen the general consensus when it comes to strength training for endurance runners is that like strength training does help running economy it helps produce those fast twitch muscle fibers it helps that explosive kind of um, adaptation and so when it comes to the performance side of things even if it's for a marathon runner strength training really does well at improving performance and then when you're talking yeah. about things like hill repeats and running trails and working on speed uh, that is another like subcategory of strength training you're essentially doing strength training and getting that yeah. explosive component in there but not only Absolutely. that when you're doing this strength training doing these heel works you're also getting that aerobic benefit like you mentioned so it's kind of mm. combining a whole bunch of factors that will um will end up becoming or helping your running performance even if it is a endurance-based uh task yeah absolutely yeah um, and I guess, I mean, going, just going back to what you were sort of to add to it, you know, like I always, I, I, I think a lot about like the fit principle, F I double T fit, um, you know, as in frequency, intensity, time and type, which is how I, you know, I all, I'm always thinking of this when I'm coaching, when I'm designing a program, you know, how often are they running? Um, how intense are they running? How hard, you know, is for the intensity and then how long, in that 
bout are they going to run for? And then what type of exercise are they doing? And, and that's another thing people need to remember too. Trail running and road running are actually not that different. In, they're, they're very different if you want to get right down into it. But if we take a step back, running, training for running by running on the road, training for trail running, and you don't have access to a trail, still running is still very specific. So if you're running on the road, you're still doing a pretty good job, you know? So like you might, there are other ways. Like, it's not like I would say, okay, you're training for a trail race, go and swim 40 hours a week. Obviously that's an exaggeration, but you know, like that would be not specific enough. You need, you're still doing a lot. So I guess it's important to remember that running is running, you know, like it's, and there's, so I think frequency, let's do it as much as, as frequently as possible without injuring ourselves, do most of it easy, um, run, you know, until not too long. And then, um, yeah, and when we get into the type of it, how specific do you want it to be, you know, like, so I, if you're running, the closer I get to any given race, um, the more specific to that race, my training is going to be. So yeah. if, it's, if it's a flat marathon, I'm going to get them to probably go away from the trails towards the end and really focus on getting that flat ground speed and vice versa. It works the other way. If someone's training for a trail, I'd, be, I'd get them to do lots of flat stuff too. Like a, a really hilly trail race might require them to run, you know, it could be a 50K that's got 3,000 metres of, of um, vertical gain which is a fair bit. And um, so I would be getting them to get good at running on the flat though. I would still focus on getting lots of flat running because you want to keep our legs moving quickly. And then, um, we, and then as we get closer, we would run um, more and more hills as we get closer to the event. And then we would try and run specifically to the, you know, just because it's got 3000 meters of vert, it doesn't mean we have to run all the vert we can find. It could be, okay, I, I, I learned this from another coach who I will quote because he's a very w amazing coach, um, Andy Dubois, who works, um, he coaches, his company's called Mile 27, got a lot of respect for him as a coach and an athlete. And he, um, I read an article that he wrote about the temp, basically the 10% rule. So basically if it's a, um, or if you're doing a race that's got, I'll, I'll make the numbers easy. So let's say it's a 100 kilometer race and it's got 2,000 meters or yeah, 2,000 meters or 3,000 meters, we'll say 3,000 meters of elevation in 100 kilometers. Um, you would then go out and go, okay, I'm going to do 10 kilometer training run with 300 meters of elevation in that run. So trying that's getting as really specific for trail runners. You know, there is a notion that people, and I, I know I've already said it a couple of times, but just to emphasize, you know, there's the idea that you've got to do more and more and more elevation is counterproductive to your um, performance on trails. So basically I'm emphasizing the fact that if you're a trail runner, um, that's a really good place to start. If you're a road runner, sorry, it's a really good place to start. You know, it's, and your road running is not a waste of time. Keep road running. <laughs> yeah yeah and, and so if you're when like you said when it gets towards the um the end or like preparing for your race when it gets a couple of weeks away or a month or so you're starting to be more specific but if you trained earlier with a more variety um based stuff so you're implementing some trails and some road then when it comes down to the actual race itself you have yeah. a bit more tools in your kit and yeah. because you've used that variety and you've taken advantage of both, but not to um, underpin the, the importance of specificity when it comes down to that nitty gritty stage of the preparation. Yeah. That's a good, good summary. Cool. <laughs> We've talked yeah. about the benefits. Uh, let's move on to any potential risks that someone might have if they decide to start running trails. Yeah, there are risks. So you need to, um, obviously there's your running, just the regular running risks, you know, of, um, you know, because it's an unstable surface, obviously there's the, the possibility that you could fall over, roll an ankle. Um, 
I know people do fall and break bones and hit heads. So it is dangerous in that regard. So you can't just go, you know, without reckless abandonment down a steep hill and without, you know, you can hurt yourself. Then there's also, yeah, there's the other kinds of injuries where you're running down a steep hill perhaps and you've got, you've got to watch out for your knees because you are, or your, you know, and hips, the, the damage that you can do just from really throwing yourself down these massive hills can be, um, so there's all those injury risks associated. Um, then you've got things like uh, navigation. You know, you go out on these trails, people need to remember that it's in the bush or in the forest, or whatever. It is it's a, not just, it's not a kept road. You know, you could, people do get lost. And I mean, sometimes they, you know, get lost and there's been stories of people getting stuck out overnight and or worse. And, and so you want to be really, I, I'm always encouraging people to take their phone with them, no matter what always have your phone with you. Um, I'll go into a few things in a second. There's a, a handful of things that I do not, I do not leave home without if I'm going on the trail. Um, the other in risks obviously uh, is animals. You know, there are Australia, we have all these wonderful animals. Most of them are pretty cool and they don't want to hurt you, but there are and even the snakes. There's plenty of them though. They don't want to hurt you, but you come around and you startle them they're going to um, try and startle you back or try and maybe try and bite you. So you've got to be prepared for that. And it does happen. People, not many people get bitten, but they're around. And so um, we want to think about having a snake bandage with us at all time or a minimal first aid kit. And so we'll go, I'll, I'll talk about the gear as well that you might need, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's a risk, you know, you don't want to get bitten by a snake at any time, but particularly if you're out and about, on the trails, running, elevated heart rate, and then bang, yeah, could be, could be bad. Um, other risks to to running, um, out, yeah, the weather can be a real factor as well. So you could, you know, because trail running by nature just generally takes a lot longer. Um, so you could be, you could go out in the morning and be plan to be out for several hours, and if it's winter, the weather could turn ugly. And um, I've been called out before on a, a big storm came through once we were out, a bunch of us were out on this a 25 kilometer trail run and I had a, a jacket and it wasn't enough though. It just, we got this torrential downpour and it just lasted for hours and the wind came up and it was freezing and I could feel my body temperature dropping. Like I started shivering and even though we, we weren't moving very quickly, which was a problem. So um, we had to try and run, but so, you know, you've got to think about, okay, so maybe I need to take some, some thermal items, um, if it's going to be cold. So being prepared, uh, nighttime, because, I mean, people like to go running on the trails at night. So you need a head torch. Uh, what other risks would there be? I think I've covered most of the, the main risks. You also risk, um, having an awesome time and, <laughs> and, and making friends and yes. becoming addicted. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I probably should talk about the gear because I've sort of alluded to that. Yeah, sure. Is that, yeah. So like, obviously when I, when I leave my house to go on a trail run, I'll have my hydration pack with me. Um, even if it's not a hot day and I'll always have that because I can carry quite a few things in there. I might carry a bottle of water or food, like food, depending on how long I'm going to be out. Always, always have my, um, thermal blanket with me. So, you know, those, those emergency safety blankets. I mean, in most races these days, it's part of the mandatory gear. They have, always have a long list of mandatory gear. And um, then you might have your snake, one or even two snake bandages, maybe some band-aids. Um, obviously, you need a hat. I mean, you're just going to be out there for longer. And you, especially if it's on, in an area that you don't know very well, if it's a new trail, you know, you, and take, you know, download the app um it's called guru maps so i highly recommend people have that on their phone it can because it works offline um and so uh a lot of races will have and tell you you have a have guru maps on your phone when you enter in so you can at least go okay it's i've got no phone signal but i can still see my gp my dot on the gps and find my way out so you know depending this because i mean it could be just like a little 5k trail loop that you do every week, or it could be some kind of, you know, 
30 kilometer trail adventure in unfamiliar territory. I, even on the short loop, I'll take every, all those things with me. So yeah, especially in summer because every, all the like snakes are more active. Learn how to do, if you haven't got your first aid certificate and you're gonna, I, I'd do a first aid course, it's heaps beneficial. There's a lot of races where you are actually obligated if there's a truck, if there's a runner in trouble, and you're the only one around, you are, you can't just, you're not allowed to leave them. You have to stay with, like, there's an actual obligation that you have to stay and help. And so, um, I think that, which I think is really good. And most people would anyway, but some people will get too competitive and they're like, oh, I'm going to keep going. But um, so yeah, so thermals. If you're going in a big race, um, uh, I would highly recommend, you know, looking at getting some thermals, a wet weather, a good wet weather jacket and um, water, maybe some thin gloves, you know, so something that just keep your little hands warm when you're running as well. But the most important thing is to keep your core temperature um, up in those cold, running in those colder conditions. And so often I've, I have actually been in a situation on, on more than one situation where I've had to get my emergency blanket out and wrap it around my, uh, my chest and it, and they're incredible. They actually, it heated me up so quickly that I actually started sweating. So um, that it made it it helped me, you know. So they're pretty good. So I think that's most of the things. Obviously, like there's food and uh, water, the nutrition that you would be taking in a race is really important too. But that's a whole other. <laughs> it's opening a whole other can of worms right there. <laughs> yeah, and well, yeah. those are great tips for those who are like possibly in like getting into trail running and wanting to take it more seriously or wanting to um, start to enter some longer races. But even those who haven't done any trail running before, let's assume they're going to be sensible and start doing like a, a few like smallish loops where they're familiar yeah. with the terrain. And if they get lost, they're not going to be too far away. Um, but yeah. the risks for them, like you said at the start, would be things like trauma, like rolling ankles, like maybe yeah. kicking your toes on um, roots or tripping and um, falling, but also those pounding kind of forces that you won't expect running on flats. So if you're downhill, you're generating a lot more um, multiplications of your body weight through those joints as you're pounding that um, the road or pounding the dirt as well as you're r running downhill. Uh, so yeah. very, it's definitely worth considering. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like I say, always take your phone with you, even if you run it, to be honest, even if you're out on the road, because, you know, it's just, it, we, we, why not be connected? I know, I mean, it's sort of annoying because we have to be connected, but I, I just don't think you can be safe. There's no such thing as being too safe. And I yeah. know a lot of, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's good. And you can still, even if you have it switched off, if you need to have it switched and then turn it on, if you need it, it's fine. I suppose, but um, yeah. So it's um, there are risks associated, and I've never really had any major problems um in all my years. I think I could probably count on one hand the number of snakes that I've seen over the years, and um, but they're around. You hear them before you mm. see them sometimes. So yeah, but no, that's that that um something and like the bare minimum, a water bottle, a hat, and your phone. <laughs> Yeah. And maybe a snake bandage. Uh -huh. It go, it comes down to the, like, you'd rather have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. That whole scenario. Exactly. <laughs> I think we're yeah. delving into dipping our toes into the next question, which is the common mistakes yeah. you see new trail runners make. Uh, is there anything we want to add apart from like what we've already discussed? Uh, yeah, definitely. So um, people running too fast, too often on the trails. It's a good and one. Look, I think we all like to go fast and, and it's, it happens mostly on, you see people going on these group runs. There's loads of social runs out there. Um, I blame a lot of it on Strava. Strava has a lot of good points and a lot of bad points, I think in equal measure. Um, the whole, but most, if you look at just basic training principles or going back to like what I was talking about before with your intensity, um, you know, Stephen Seiler, I don't know if you've heard of him, PhD. He's an exercise physiologist and he did all the research on um, how hard you should train and really thinking about, and he, he basically looked at the 80-20 philosophy. So 80% of your running should be super easy and the, the other 20% should be sort of varying degrees of higher intensity. 
Um, but that that easy pace needs to be, you need to do it a lot on your trail runs as well. Like people think, oh, well, I'm walking up this hill, but they're, they're hiking hard and their heart rate is up in zone four or, or zone five. And so they're not really taking it easy, you know. So that's time spent in a, a much higher threshold than they should be. And so, and it's really, you'll get maximum fitness gains if you hold back a bit more. You'll, you'll get injured less often too. So that's, that's running generally, but even in trail running. So too fast, too much, people get too addicted to pace generally. Like, and uh, they get disappointed if they finish a 10K and it's like, oh, my average pace was, you know, seven minute Ks, you know, but depending on how much elevation there is, that could be a fantastic pace, you know, so I, I wouldn't, and um, wouldn't too worry, worry too much about that. People not taking the appropriate gear on trails as um, another thing. On more than one occasion, I've had to give water to people on, on training runs, on just on group runs. I've had to say, they've come out and it's in the middle of summer, like an evening summer run. And we're doing like a 20 kilometer trail run and they've, got no water at all and it's like well you, you you need water so here have some of mine and then that puts me at risk and so by people taking responsibility for themselves um they're not going to put others in in jeopardy either and i really think that um it's important to just remember and i said it before at the start it's running in the bush you're out in the you're not just this is not like a it's it, there is risk, and so and if you're not taking these sort of precautions, you could get yourself into trouble. Uh, another thing, another common mistake is um, people wanting to step up to bigger and bigger distances really quickly, and I I think that's exciting. We all, I think humans like to push themselves, you know. So you got someone who will come in and they'll do a 10k trail race, and then they'll they'll enjoy it immensely and then they'll go I'll sign up and I'll do I'll go longer and longer and then before you know it they want to do an ultra because it just seems like the logical thing to do and the ultras get longer and now oh, I'm doing a 50 now I'm doing a hundred k's I'm going to do a hundred miler and that's all fine but you've got to ask yourself am I really prepared have I done the work that is required because you could have a nightmare trust me I've had nightmares in my early ultra days I've had some terrible experiences in races and um, and you can put yourself into some serious, like running for long distances. That's another risk. Like you you uh you get extremely dehydrated or sunstroke or um oh sorry heat stroke whatever. And um so it's important to like further is not always better. Like maybe just go okay you know what I'm going to run a 50k ultra this year, and um I'm going to get really good at running that distance. So I'm going to do it. A number of times before I even think about stepping up in the distances, and it's okay um, to run shorter distances, and still you're still a distance runner, <laughs> you're still an ultra runner, or even, you know, even if it, if you're if you run ten kilometers, and you think ah oh, that was great, now I, I guess I have to do fifteen or twenty. It's like you know you don't have to, you don't have to do anything. You do what you want to do. If you enjoyed that, and I, I don't like that people. Yeah, get sucked into that expectation that you have to run, run further and further. Like, let's run a shorter distance, but do it the best we can, and then maybe step up because yeah. you can get yourself into trouble. But yeah, I think those tips that you've mentioned is underpins like a lot of why we have so many injured runners and <clears throat> delves into yeah. like their motivations and um, getting competitive and, like you said, being addicted to pace, all that kind of stuff is not only for trail runners but road runners as well and obviously doing too much too quickly and getting those overload issues is very very common amongst the running population and it's sad truth but yeah like i said Mm. well like you mentioned before you sort of need to be patient you need to recognize what your body's capable of and ask yourself the question are you have you put in the work have you done all the the hard yards to yeah get that benefit or whether are you just trying to um achieve to two steps ahead of what you're actually capable of absolutely and that's it's important for people to remember that running distance running of any distance it's a game of patience you know building an aerobic base takes a long time it's very it's very trainable building a, a great aerobic base but it just takes time you know and uh lots of lots of hours out there and um so yeah 
Yeah. How about for someone who is a bit more experienced with trail, any tips you have for them if they want to become a better trail runner? Uh, yeah, I think um, I've covered quite a lot of it already, I think, but I, I definitely, there are some more things. Um, I would really, uh, well, like a lot of trail experienced trail runners that I've come across, they would definitely go, uh, they have a real freestyle approach. I think more so, I think if there was a study done and there may have been studies done, trail runners generally have a more freestyle approach to training than road runners. Um, just be, and I think that it's, I think don't be afraid to get a bit of structure into your life. And it could be in the form of a, uh, a coach, you know, I, obviously I, I'm going to say that because I'm a coach, but it, it doesn't have to be a coach. If you take, if you take a, a sensible approach to your own training and developing your own training plans, you know, by listening to the, there is so much evidence out there now of how to train. Like people do know but I think ego gets in the way a lot, especially with a lot of um, really experienced runners. It's like, nah, this is how I've always trained. And I'm going to get different results. But like maybe enlist the help of a coach for a short period of time and say, look, I just want to focus on a few things for a few months and then go, then move, go on my way. So, you know, running, trail runners, I always say, go and run on the road for a bit. Go, if, like... In the same way I said to for road runners to go to slowly build in the trails, get a bit of road back into your life, trail runners, you know, because I find um, it'll make you faster. Like, and if you look at a, um, you know, when people are signing up for a race, they'll look at the elevation profile and they go, whoa, look at how spiky that thing is. You know, how it's a, the little graph and it's like, it just looks like it just goes up, down, up, down. But what often those graphs are really deceptive because they don't often show you how much flat running there is, and you know, and it's something that is overlooked. And I ran a race recently in New Zealand, and um, it was a hundred kilometres, and it had four and a half thousand metres of elevation, which is quite a bit. But there was so much flat running in it as well, and um, and I was so glad that I'd done the road, the work on the road. So that when I was running on those flat sections for an extended period of time, it was fine. But I don't like, yeah. So experienced runners, you know, run on the road. Don't be afraid to run fast on the road. Learn to channel a bit of your um your inner marathon runner and get back out there on the road. And then you know mix it up, mix up everything. And um, I think you've got to be a well a well-rounded athlete to um to get better at trail running you know it's it, yeah like i said you've got to be a jack of all trades and also the next thing would be maybe get into the gym do some some um some specific strengthening stuff and look this probably um could be beneficial for the beginners as well if, if it's done properly doing some uh gym work working on your um your posterior chain uh, you probably know more about this Brody, than me um basically getting I, I noticed when I started really working on my hamstrings my uphill running got a lot easier like I had I feel like I had a lot more bounce going up hills and um so and there's evidence it, it, it works it protects you you feel less injured um oh you sorry you don't feel less injured you you don't get injured as often but yeah so those are some tips so strength training um get on the road if you want Really focus on your nutrition as well. Um, makes eating eating right is so important. My running improved dramatically when I started having a nutrition plan going into my training and then going into my racing, going, okay, this is what I'm going to eat in this race at this time. Sort of sticking to, sticking to the nutrition plan fairly well. You know, probably you've got to be able to improvise a little bit. And... Um, yeah, and just keep having fun, I suppose. It is fun. If none of this, if it all stops being fun, you, you might be doing the wrong sport. You know? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and when you mentioned at the start, when you're talking about uh, adding a little bit more structure to get those superior results, I think the nutrition side of things can come into that and make, yeah. and it can um, add a little bit more structure because, like you said, some people are free, like they're a bit more freestyle with their training. A lot of people yeah. are more freestyle when it comes to their nutrition. Exactly. 
And I mean, you do. I mean, you do a 100 kilometer ultra or more. You've got to eat a lot of food. So you've got to be careful that you don't eat too much of the wrong food. I mean, your body will let you know pretty quickly, but um, it wouldn't hurt to see. I mean, I, I'm not a, a dietitian or, or a nutritionist even, but I've got the, through my coaching, I've learned a lot. I've worked a lot with dietitians and um, it's certainly something that people should look at. And because a good dietitian will give you, a sports dietitian will give you a um, really good understanding of not just the nutrition, but the hydration, the interaction between the nutrition and the hydration and what to have in recovery as well. You know, it's, we, we like I'm, when I'm training, I'm always thinking about tomorrow's run. So the, the day I, the run I do today, how's that going to impact my run tomorrow? So what should tomorrow's run look like? And what, and the day after and the day after, because I want to build in consistency. So if I get home from a really hard workout and I don't eat properly, I'm going to feel tired the next day. It's going to impact my workout the next day, my run. Um, and then, so I, I, I'm really, really aware of, of the food. So I walk in the door and I make sure I eat some protein and have, I hide, rehydrate properly so that I'm like, tomorrow I can go hard again or, or, or go easy. Um, you know, so whatever the, like I, I generally don't follow a hard training day with an eat, with another hard training day, but I'll, I'll you know, it'll be hard than easy is my philosophy, but um, yeah. So it's nutrition is super important, you know? Yeah, totally agree. Let's just say I am a road runner and I want to improve my half marathon time. And I, uh, let's just say it's about three months, three or four months away from my race. And so I don't need to get to that pointy end specific kind of things. Yep. Um, how would you suggest I implement trail running into like a structured weekly or monthly kind of running program that's an excellent question so we'll work off your example using um using the half marathon you're aiming for a half marathon right yeah um, i want to win so <laughs> you want to win all right good no, so obviously the work that you do on the um the work that you do on the road is super important half marathon I think in some ways is more painful than a marathon um, because you are operating so close to your lactate threshold for so long. If you're, especially, you know, you're, um, yeah, you're, you're holding right up there. So it's a, as far as, so for that reason, I'd be doing a lot of, um, even if it's a flat um, marath- half marathon, you know, obviously again, early days, you'd have a few easy trail runs just to, uh, maybe one or two or even three easy trail runs in your week just to keep that to build that aerobic capacity build a bit of leg strength but then if we want to add in a bit of um faster stuff you know i'd be looking at doing some like more sustained efforts for time looking at running our our sort of threshold efforts so basically you might be going okay i want you to run three minutes on three minutes off on on this particular trail or on this particular massive hill. So you might go, I can't run up that hill. We'll go um, just power hike it. So, or you could, yeah, so sprint stuff, but three minutes obviously is a, is not a sprint. It's um it's an aerobic effort. You'll, you know, I always, I, I refer to sprinting as anything basically less than 20 seconds, because once you go over 20 seconds, you're going to start using lactic acid. And, um, and so you're going to really, that's that's where it hurts but so you can't sprint for three minutes but you can run hard for three minutes and you're look you're getting into that um the realm so not even looking at your pace i would say okay jump on the trail run hard three minutes on three minutes off or two minutes off if you as you're getting fitter and then but having those little when i say off i mean just jogging or even walking for until your heart rate comes back down but um really think and maybe doing that so four or five times once a week they're brutal efforts you know like um but you want to make sure you're warmed up for them i would i would get in some really short um efforts so i'm talking like um 10 to 15 second sprints on the steepest hill you can find um so they're your they're your all out efforts they're your i'd call them it's like you're being chased by wild dogs effort so um you run you you find that steep hill 
be very well warmed up. So I'm talking like two, three, maybe even four kilometers of easy jogging or uh, um, just getting, so you're actually sweating a little bit. So you want to, because if you're going to run hard, you've got to be warmed up properly. And so, um, yeah, these kinds of efforts, you know, just do it for time, 10 seconds, as hard as you can, and then take a full minute or even longer to, until you do your next one. So the harder the effort, the, the uh, longer the recovery. So, yeah. Cool. Just another way you can change up the variety of your running program oh. if you've implemented some trails. It's nice. Yeah. And there's actually, like, there's so many workouts I could cite, you know. Like, it's, um, I just think just getting out on the trails a couple of times a week will be a nice um, mental break for your, you're not, like, if you're running, say you're running, to, aiming to break an hour and a half, you know, you don't want to be spending, you're not going to go out and do a half marathon on the trail and break an hour and a half unless you're an absolute gun, you know, like, um, but definitely you could go and do some 5k efforts on as well at, at a reasonable pace on the trail. But, you know, trails, like, again, the terrain is so varied, the terrain is so varied. So it's, um, it's really hard, but I think short, fast efforts on the steep hills to summarize um, and those sort of, middle distance efforts where you're running up to three minutes they're they're brutal and you there's a good chance you may vomit but um you shouldn't vomit but that can happen (laughs) and um yeah and and so you know um and yeah and just it's a good like i say mix it up yeah it's Mm. it's good to finish on and we're approaching about an hour now anyway so yeah before we wrap things up is there any um brief kind of points that we haven't discussed today that you want to get across to those who might be interested in trails um as far as like what people should do um it's just don't be afraid of it but like my biggest piece of advice would be just to have fun with it to go out um I'd say normally I would say go and sign up for a race and see how you like it, but you can't do that right now. Yeah. Go, go, go out and uh, just do some exploring. Don't think of it as running. If, as I, I know some people hate running, but they know it's good. You know, it, it, um, trail running is just a good way just to, to break up the monotony of the road is, is another thing too. But I think we've covered most of what I would say, you know, so it's, it's just a, a good sport. I love it. Yeah. Daniel, your podcast is the trail runners experience and uh, could we just briefly mention like what your podcast is about and if those who want to go listen, who, who it's for. Yeah. So basically trail runners experience um, is a podcast I've been hosting for, I started a few years ago um, and I'm now, I have a co-host by a gentleman by the name of Ashley Drew, who is a, um, and an awesome runner, but he also happens to have uh, stage four cancer and running is like a treatment for him. It's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal man and a great friend of mine. And um, so, yeah, we, we basically interview mostly trail runners, to be honest. Um, so everyone from back of the pack up to, um, to some elite runners and everything in between some specialists such as yourself, Brody um, we've talked about, and I'd, I like to try and get in some like personal trainers, uh, physiotherapists. Uh, what, are, what other? I've had some dietitians in there, and so you know, um, yeah, I think it's for everybody. Even though it's a trail runners experience, we do talk about running in a more general sense as well. It's more of a, a conversation about the experience of the runner, hence the name. Um, and so, yeah, the, it's um, it's for anyone. Trail, just look it up on. Um, any one of the podcast platforms, the trail runners experience. And it's got a the photo. I'll tell you a little story. If people find it, you'll see a photo of a trail running off. It's just the background photo. It's not a stock image. It's a photo of my very, my, the local trail right near my house. Probably. Only ah, about a cool. Yeah. I took it years ago and it just, it was, and I was like, Oh yeah, that'll do. Cause it's sort of an iconic little photo. I, 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 I love it. And every time I run through that section now, I always think, ah, this photo has been all over the internet. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Wow. Awesome. And trail runners unlimited oh, distance runners unlimited is your coaching um, business. So if anyone's interested Correct. in that, they can go there. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming on. It's really important that we have someone with your insight discussing these topics and to have like your experience with trail from such a young age and built up the knowledge. It's really, really cool. And it's obviously a massive passion for you. You can tell in your voice. And when I'm asking these questions and you've just got so many answers and so many tangents and um, the way you're answering it, it's it's really, really good. These are the type of hosts or the type of guests I really want. And like you said, trail running can be um, just like playing and it seems like you've found your element here. So thanks for coming on, um, discussing a couple of these topics. Thanks Brody. And also just I'll finish. Thank you for your, um, for reaching out to me in the first place in your podcast, I tell you, if I listen to every, and I plan on listening to more episodes, but it's like, you could get, I could get a PhD. I reckon if I listen to all the episodes <laughs> together, it's great. It's a, it's a, it's a great knowledge resource. So thank you. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Running Smarter Podcast. I hope you can see the impact this content will have on your future running. If you want to continue expanding your knowledge, please subscribe to the podcast and keep listening. If you want to learn quicker, jump into the Facebook group titled Become a Smarter Runner. If you want tailored education and physio rehab, you can personally work with me at breakthroughrunning.physio. Thank you so much once again. And remember, knowledge is power.